This is the Gender Fluids Podcast. We're your hosts. I'm Austin Smart, a 26-year-old trans girl and bottom-leaning switch. And I'm Ariel Isaac Norman, a 32-year-old androgynous boy lesbian. And we're bringing you the only queer podcast that isn't super gay. Gender Fluids is a podcast about all the sex and all the people. If you want to follow us on Instagram, we're at Gender Fluids Podcast. On Twitter, we're at Gender Fluids Pod. Our email is genderfluidspod at gmail.com. On FetLife, we're just Gender Fluids. And you can find us on Patreon at at patreon.com slash genderfluids. Enjoy the episode, y'all. Okay. So, mm-hmm. so, so, so. We... <laughs> <laughs> Let's just get into it. Okay, so uh, Ariel and I were supposed to go on this uh, show this week as Gender Fluids to do a short interview, and the show we were supposed to go on is a queer improv troupe that host a variety show um, is essentially what it is, right? Yeah. And par- our part of the variety show was going to be us being interviewed about gender fluids. Mm-hmm. That's how it was pitched to us. A couple weeks before this was supposed to happen, uh, I went on a different show that uh, one person in this improv troupe was part of. Mm-hmm. Uh, the show that I went on is another improv show where it's an all-ladies group Um so far as I know, all identifying as ladies group. Mm -hmm. And they tell, or they do improv based off of two short stories that a monologist does. Mm -hmm. They say monologist, which is just fucking stupid. It's just someone telling two stories. Yeah. It's not really monologue-y, right? So, but this all ladies troupe does like improv based off of these two stories. And the stories are supposed to be about dating or past relationships or sexual encounters of yours, right? In Mm -hmm. short two to three minutes. So I perform on this show. Mm -hmm. And then at the big, a week later, Mm -hmm. I get this email. (laughs) Hi, Austin. Based on your performance at blank last Friday, we've made the collective decision that your comedic voice does not fall within blank. The other shows values and mission of providing a safe and affirming space for the audience. We no longer wish to have you as a guest. Mm-hmm. Thanks for understanding. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for understanding. I hate that kind of I shit. I know. Uh, we'll, that's just a pet peeve thing we'll get back to. Yeah. I respond, hi, I'm fine not doing the show. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm not. It's like, but could you please elaborate on what parts of my two stories I told that fall outside of queer or whatever values? Mm-hmm. Um, and then I was like, and, and then they didn't get back to me for a few days. And mm-hmm. so I followed up. Um I was like, hi. I was like, in addition to elaborating on what parts of my stories made you feel my, quote, comedic voice falls outside of your show's values, could you please uh, clarify if you still want Ariel to appear on behalf of Gender Fluids or not? Mm -hmm. Or should I tell Ariel she's also no longer on the show, right? (laughs) Right. Because they didn't... No one one had emailed me. Yeah, I reached out or contacted at that point. Yeah. Um, And so this is the response that I got back. Because, wait, before we, you, you know, when you got that email and and the night of your performance, you had no idea that there'd been a problem. You came home, I remember, being like, eh, had a fun show. Yeah, you know, the first show, the first story I told went well. It got laughs. Um, 
It was a good short three, three and a half minute story. The second story I told did not go as well. Like I felt that it wasn't horrible, but it was mm-hmm. definitely more tense because it was a more tense story. It was a weirder story. Mm-hmm. And let me just go ahead and let's clarify. These are the instructions that were sent to me. Mm-hmm. This is all that they communicated to me about what my story should be and do and how they should feel. Mm-hmm. Please prepare two stories that follow these guidelines. The story should be about real dating slash relationships in your life. These stories typically center around our guests' romantic slash love life, parentheses, an unusual first date, a high school crush, a meet cute, etc. In parentheses, but they do not have to. In italics, it says, if for any reason this is outside your realm of comfort, comfort, you should share any kind of story of any relation or any kind of relationship story, best friend, creative partner, etc. We want you to feel at ease. Okay. <laughs> then it goes on. The first story should be around three minutes long. The second story should be shorter, around one to two minutes. They can be a two-parter, cliffhanger style, two related stories, or two completely different stories. The next bullet, include as much detail as possible. If this is your first time telling a story for an Armando-style improv, this would be things like your age or the year the story takes place, specifics about the location of your story, model of car you were in, interesting character traits, etc. The next one, it must be something that actually happened to you. And the final bullet point, the story should have some sort of personal meaning. Mm-hmm. That's all that they told me. Right. Nowhere within the rest of the email is there anything about content guidelines right. or what a story should and, and fact, should not be. The only content guideline was you do what makes you comfortable. Yes. Yes. If a meet cute is too triggering for you to tell the story of, like that's a very strange thing. Like if if something relating to dating makes you uncomfortable, then you can tell something related to a friend who dated someone once. What? Mm-hmm. Okay. So, I, I, the two stories I told, the first one was, I've, I've told both of them on here at different points, but short and succinctly, shortly succinctly, the first one was about me uh, hooking up with this girl on, during a one night stand where she fell off my bed and hit her head and then was severely concussed. And the next day I had to take her to the ER. Mm-hmm. And then like two months later, I called her again. It turns out that she'd been concussed and then got food poisoning and then got shingles because her immune system was so like torn down. Jeez. Right. Yeah, it was very unfortunate l- mm-hmm. girl, right? So that was the first story I told. But it's funnier when yeah. I tell it, right? That's, <laughs> yeah. that's the very short version. And people and then, were laughing. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. The first one went well. There was laughter throughout. Mm-hmm. The second one was the story of me fucking my high school theater teacher. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there, that one did not get as much laughter. That one, there was a lot of shocked faces. Mm-hmm. Um, so those are the two stories that I told. Yeah. Here's the email that I got back in response to what parts of my story mm-hmm. she says hi austin the details of your underage sexual encounter with your teacher were hard for me and way to hear we talked about it afterwards and we're upset about it the audience also wasn't taking it well you called out someone in the front row for their reaction i had to jump in and do damage control and talk to the audience in the middle of your stories which i don't like nor should i ever need to do stories can be taboo or kinky but underage sex isn't something that's okay sorry for email gave the wrong impression on what to share also at times you call different women in your stories quote bitch in some ways we can reclaim that word to mean powerful and strong but the way you you used it was misogynistic and put those women down it's not just the content of your stories that was upsetting but also how you use this platform to usurp our relationship with the audience the other show creates that we got kicked off of creates a safe space where the queer plus trans community can disappear for an hour at a time. 
Our hope is that we will never have never have to issue a trigger warning to our audience. Given what happened this past Friday, we don't trust that you can bring that to this show or this show's audience or as a performer with us, which is why we made this decision. We'll reach out to Ariel separately. Again, thanks for understanding. <laughs> so uh, there's a several things. Let's, we, I guess we could just go down this fucking list. Yeah. One, yeah, she's fucking right. They didn't give any sort of content guidelines. So mm-hmm. just on the whole, if you don't want someone to talk about something, if you don't want to have to issue a trigger warning, don't assume that the person showing up is going to play along with your safe space guidelines based on their identity. Yeah, they never what mentioned the, a safe space no, in the no. email. And what this feels like to me is, because I know where she saw me, she mentioned that she saw me on a different show where they were reading, someone reads DMs that were sent to me and I kind of riff on them for a second with the host, right? And then they do improv about it. They saw me do that show. They saw, oh, funny trans girl, let's book trans girl. Mm-hmm. And then they didn't bother to look into anything else about me. Or to, add, or to tell you yeah, about their guidelines. Yeah. They, they, they assumed that because of my identity, I would play into like their fucking dumb guidelines, mm-hmm. right? So that's just problem number one. You're right. You did fuck up. Way to not take enough onus for that. I'm sorry. The one line in there about their fault is, sorry if that wasn't clear enough. It's like, yeah, it wasn't clear it wasn't at clear all. It wasn't clear at all. You didn't say anything in the email about this is a very safe space. Make sure you don't mention anything that could possibly upset anyone. Yeah. And here's the thing. It's like, it's fucking, it's so fucking insulting to me as a performer that that they instantly then jump to like, and now we can't trust so we assu- you. They, she says, we assume you're not capable yeah. of uh, doing something else. It's like, if you had just told us, Hey, for the gender fluid segment, we just want to make sure you don't talk about like illegal activities. Yeah. It's or, not, uh, it's it, not an uncommon thing to do. People yeah. give out content guidelines for shows all the time. Mm-hmm. Hey, you can curse, but please don't say fuck. Hey, right. you can talk about like sex, but like, please don't do anything like about abortion or right. we've get as comics have been given all sorts of guidelines. Yeah. And we're both smart, intelligent people. I'm a good comic. I can right. change my set for that. Right. If you need a short two-minute relationship story that's cute and fun and upbeat, that's fine. I yeah. can do that, but that's not my go-to mode. And right. so when I get an email that's as open-ended as that... You're like, let me tell some funny, dark shit. Yeah, th- what I do. Did you not look up any of my stand-up and see, like, oh, then just read the names of my videos? Mm-hmm. Like, even that should clue you in on what you're kind of fucking well, getting. I think most people who are booking uh, comics in their own town aren't looking at their videos but I think it's just the fact yeah, but, is that she just assumed because you're trans well I know but I'm saying if your show is if you're truly dedicated to that safe space right. are you not going to investigate your performers right. are you just assuming that everybody that you meet that has an identity is like a safe person for your safe space right. You're not doing your due diligence, even if you are trying to have this like dumb fuck idea of a queer safe space comedy show yeah. right so that's just one little thing yeah. okay <laughs> Moving on, I, I I saw them filming this from the back and I have asked for the video of this performance and they have not given it to me as of the time that we're recording it. So yeah. if they do, maybe I'll stick in the audio. If this comes out later, yeah. I'll put it all together. But they haven't sent me the video because here's the thing. I, don't, I do not remember uh, her doing, quote, damage control. Yeah. Definitely not during the first one. Like, they, like, if her idea of damage control is her, like, making one or two comments in the middle of my story, that's fine. But at no point did she step in front of me in front of the crowd and, like, all right, guys, well, I know this is hard to hear, but, like, let's all, like, yeah. just take a breath. Like, that's fucking stupid. And then I didn't call out, call out someone in front or, like, during my story about fucking my high school theater teacher, mm-hmm. like, can you just believe this motherfucker, this dumb bitch up front's like having a hard time? She had a shocked reaction on her face. And when I said, I was like, 
oh man, you are not handling that well. Yeah, that's a very common thing yeah. that comics will do is point out someone who has a huge reaction in the audience. You, We often say that kind of thing yeah. like, oh wow, you're taking this really harder than everyone around you or oh, you look, yeah. oh, you are very affected. You and know, we're just af- acknowledging it. Mm-hmm. I'm not like saying what you're doing is bad. It's yeah. just pointing out a reaction to bring together like a kind of a group mentality like, yeah, we're all in this having different right. reactions. I get that it's weird. That's why I'm telling the story, right? right? And then like afterwards, like in, after I said that, one of the girls behind me was like, yeah, all of us are having, you should see our faces behind you. <laughs> and that was the extent of that yeah. interaction. So that's not damage control. Right. It's not like the show was fucking burning down and they had to step in and save it in any way, yeah, right? This, someone was having a heart attack based yeah. on your, yeah. And, you know, given, maybe they had to say some shit afterwards, like, because I left after that story because I had other shit to do that night. Mm-hmm. So I rolled out. So maybe they had to say something like on stage, but th- I don't fucking buy that for a minute. She says in the email she had to do damage cr- control in the middle of your set. So yeah. if what you're saying is like during your story, she it, maybe she said something. Was she, were they on stage behind you? Yeah, they're standing behind me as I tell okay. this short story. So you're saying maybe she kind of said like, okay, well, you like that sort well, of... No, I mean, the only time I remember her talking in my set was when I pointed out that girl's reaction in the front row. Mm. And then I was oh. like, oh, wow, you're not taking this well at all. Like, you're just the look on your yeah. face. It's just horror. And then they were like, and people laughed. Faces. Yeah, people laughed. And then say like, oh yeah, you should see our faces. And then we are laughed, just, yeah. Right? Which is like, yeah, it's like, that's a funny line. That's not damage control. That's you, yes, ending this funny moment. That's you adding to it. You're kind of tagging this little funny crowd interaction moment. That's not damage control. Yeah. You know, that's, I mean, to the extent that it's damage control, it's also just like reasonable kind of comedy show hosting, you know. I, yeah. Not damage control. Not damage control. So you didn't send me good instructions to protect this community that you're trying to do. And mm. if you're just assuming everyone's a good person, then why are you having to create this safe space in the first place? Mm. Right. And also you're just assuming that I'm a good person because I'm trans and quote you, unquote good person. Yeah. Quote unquote <laughs> good person. And then there's this like bullshit about damage control, which just seems like you're just trying to tack extra little things on mm-hmm. instead of r- really getting to what the meat of what I think your problem is, which is, first being the fact that they just didn't like the fact that I was telling a story about underage like sexual encounters that wasn't entirely negative and serious. Mm -hmm. It was told in jest and in light because my experience like during that time wasn't inherently negative. Yeah. Like particularly surround like if anything, it was a positive experience I had in the midst of some of the darkest times of my life. Right. And so they, that's why, you know, she's like, underage sex is never okay. It's like, well, that's just not fucking true. That's not, that's an opinion. Yeah. And even if it's against the law, like, okay is a moral judgment. And we, reasonable people can disagree about whether underage sex is always wrong. Yeah. I mean, it probably is, yeah, it's against the law and it's not okay. And it shouldn't, in like, it's practice and it shouldn't have happened. But the discussion of it Mm -hmm. does not fall into the same category as the practice of it. Sure. Yeah. So... Fuck that. This is a line that, like, I don't understand. Okay. It's like, she says, it's not just the content of your story that was upsetting, but also how you used our platform to usurp our relationship with the audience. Yeah. I, so, like, I think what she, I think what she means is that, like, I didn't just get up and tell a short, easy story and get off stage. The story that I told probably was funnier than their. Improv. At least the first one was funnier than the improv. Yeah. And like, and it, uh, it like 
it took away the comfort level of the attachment they had to the audience, the easy space mm-hmm. they have to play in. It usurped the relationship that they had with the audience, so to speak. You so mean that upstaged? they upstaged. Yeah, upstaged <laughs> is really what it is. Yeah. Upstaged like the improv troupe, which is just like again. Put that in your fucking email. Say, like, we would love to have you come. Make like, sure not talk. to be too funny. We are an improv troupe, after all. We are going to look shitty in comparison. If yeah. you do a good stand-up, go out there and crush it, then Until we have you- to do our pitiful, stupid attempt at improv, yeah. and then we're going to look like idiots. So yeah. please just be shitty. Why don't you just book shitty comedians if you don't want to be upstage? But, I mean, again, that's if that's what that means. Yeah. Or but otherwise, what say, the fuck does usurped mean? Yeah, usurped our relationship. Please, yeah. what does that mean? You invited me to come talk to your audience. Yeah. That, I, I usurped? You invited me? to talk to your audience what and the again fuck? i'm a good comic i yeah. can follow instructions well if you said hey here are your content warnings and also we would love to have you tell this story it's not we don't really need you to have an amazing performance we really just want like a lot of detail to work off right. of we just need you there to give it out but you book a I'd stand be, up i'd be fine with that right. yeah i'm gonna go perform right. i'm gonna do my thing yeah. I'm sorry you didn't look into me or who I am or yeah, anything you booked, about... you booked the darkest, dirtiest stand-up in Austin. So yeah. it's fucking on you if you don't... And it's not like that's a secret. It's not... It's if not you a ask secret. anybody, like, who has some of the most fucked up jokes in Austin? Right. Austin and Ariel. Yeah. Uh, pretty... That's just... It's yeah. pretty common knowledge. knowledge. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, they... They could have literally, even if they hadn't YouTube, they, it, it could have ever said, "Hey, have you ever seen Austin stand up? What is she like? Should I deliver a content warning for her?" And everyone would have been like, "Yeah, you yes, probably fucking definitely. should." Um, but instead, she goes, "Oh, trans chick. I'm yeah. sure she's a safe space liberal, just like the rest of us." Yeah, mm. and here's the thing, because neither of those, only one of those stories was new. The story about the one night stand is new. That was mm-hmm. the first time I told it on stage. It did better, and it was honestly the easier of the two. The crowd thought it was funny. Mm-hmm. The story about my, me fucking my high school theater teacher i've been doing that since i started stand-up so for four years i've been doing that story so even if you wanted to be as specific as asking a random comic hey i've asked austin to do this storytelling thing do you think i should get her should i tell her you know not to do it should i like you know give them a content warning should they be like is it storytelling yeah she's probably gonna tell the story about fucking her high school theater teacher (laughs) it's like it's like my go-to story in a lot of ways right like that's not uncommon yeah knowledge yeah so there's that there's all that yeah and here let me just retouch on this Mm because again i just want to give a big fuck you Mm -hmm. for saying you don't think you can trust me now Mm. like what a shitty human being you are right you can't trust me anymore Mm -hmm. after one performance one performance shattered your trust and belief in my ability to show up and do an interview for my podcast a 10 minute interview for my podcast right we you can no longer trust me on stage but both of us on stage can't trust gender fluids on stage based on that it's like also, well, did you not listen to the fucking podcast that you're interviewing podcast? us for? Yeah, if we say shit a, on here way like worse than either of those yeah, stories. Yeah, so at some point, we were going to have to be issued a content restriction anyway, but it just doesn't seem like they th- think that queer people are capable of wanting to say anything that might possibly not be a safe well, space yeah, thing any, in their All these definition. people who are like obsessed with like safe space comedy shows have this kind of monolithic thought uh-huh. where it's like we all, all queers fall into this like like area of like believing these things that should exist, believing these safe spaces should exist. Right. I'm not saying that they shouldn't exist, but I'm saying if you want your place to be that, we don't live in a world where being queer is indicative of your willingness to participate in the creation of that space. Right. So now let's get to the final thing, mm-hmm. the thing that really pissed me off the most. And honestly, it took me a minute to kind of like accept and like really think through. Cause like I, 
for as much as I fucking go, this girl can go fuck herself. Uh, try and see the best ish in people. A lot of times I'd try and like not do what they do and like, or what I feel like these types of people would do, which is when something happens, point my finger and say, you're doing this because I'm queer. You're doing mm-hmm. this because I'm trans. You're doing this because I'm X minority group. Right? right. I usually try and find some other justification for it. Right. Right. But in her, one of her, it's got its own little ones or two sentence like paragraph here in the middle of the email. She says also at times you call different women's in your stories, quote, bitch. In some ways, we can reclaim that word to mean powerful and strong, but the way you used it was misogynistic and put those women down. Mm-hmm. And so I was just like, okay, well, I mean, I'm I'm probably, I don't remember doing that, but like I easily could see myself being like, and then this bitch is like, yeah. you know. Colloquial use of bitch, the way yeah. that people and in not some like, subcultures talk. And not just be like, and then that bitch, right? It this wasn't fucking this, bitch. this fucking idiot bitch was. Blah, it wasn't that. What is? But it wasn't like she bitch. was. It wasn't she was a badass bitch, which is the way she's talking about reclaiming it. I guess. I mean, whatever. Um, but it, it it also wasn't this fucking bitch. It was this bitch was blah blah blah. Or yeah, can you believe this bitch hit her head like that? Like that. Everyone. I don't even think I used it in that circumstance mm-hmm. i think i used it as in the one time i know for sure i use it in that story of the one night stand mm-hmm. is when we're in the er mm-hmm. and she turns to me and she's like okay i've been admitted you know um like you can go you don't have to sit and wait here like yeah you can just leave and i go i'm not leaving you like i can't just like pull up to the er and kick you out the door be like bye bitch see ya and then leave right so i you use were it as an example of a yeah. thing that i would never do right 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 as you like were the wrong type what of what asshole to not would be, do right right that's the only time i clearly remember saying it but I, it, who knows again we need a fucking video yeah and also if if i'm not supposed to she says that some women like plural right uh-huh. which there's only one woman in my first story. So yeah. the other other one is the high school theater teacher I'm fucked. So you're telling me I can't even derogatorily call my well, statutory rapist of a like high school theater teacher a bitch. <laughs> right. So I can't talk about her and I can't call her. Okay, well what the fuck rules are you playing by? Right. So but here's the thing. So I was just like, well that's just okay, fine. I guess I did that and I can see how that could annoy you. Mm-hmm. Sure. But then both you and Adrian pointed out, like, well, Adrian pointed it out to me and made me start thinking about it. And then I brought it up to you and you were like, yeah, it's really kind of fucking transphobic. It's really yeah. fucking transphobic. And I honestly have never, I've, I've never called someone out for transphobia. I've never, like, been really a victim of, like, well, I probably have, just haven't known it and tried to look yeah. around it like I did here. But it's not a thing where, like, when people attack me or tell me, things that are wrong about myself or what I'm doing, I don't immediately go, well, you're being transphobic. Right. That's a transphobic. You're doing that because I'm trans. Right. It's not my MO. But the more I thought about it, I'm like, yeah, dude, that is super fucking transphobic. It feels like that. And here's the thing. Cause here's the thing. One, let's just, even if we let's take the transness out of it, you as a singular woman cannot denotate to other women what the reclaiming of a word is. You right. can't say the only way we reclaim a word is if it becomes powerful right. and She was strong. really speaking from a place of authority the way she worded that email. Mm-hmm. Like, we can reclaim it if it's being used this way. Like, who says, says whom? Yeah. 
that's so you're narrowing your like the limitations is there of, an like, official the blog the on yeah. good how to reclaim words what? like yeah so already you're just wrong but two you as like a cis woman like telling me a trans woman that the way i'm using bitch misogynistically is transphobic it's a word it's what a lot of queer people call gatekeeping you're gatekeeping like womanhood you're saying i a cis woman can tell you that the way you were using the word bitch right. was misogynistic because right. here's the thing if you ariel had gone mm-hmm. on the stage and it had like said those things she wouldn't have messaged you saying hey the way you used bitch is was really misogynistic probably she not would, yeah she probably would have said hey the way you were using bitch made me very uncomfortable. Yeah, at most... Hey, I wasn't... I didn't really yeah. appreciate the way you used the word bitch. Which is funny, because I'm way more misogynistic than you. Yeah, incredibly... <laughs> much more misogynistic than I am. But right? It, but, but that's, again, you know, here I am, you know, on the masculine end of whatever, and you on the feminine end of whatever, but it's the vagina and the penis that's being... Yeah. You know, it's, the, it's yeah. these chromosomes, because it does feel... That's what it feels to me. I can't be sure that she wouldn't say misogynistic if it were me, or even have a different you know or not even well, have no, a problem but, but it feels very much like that it feels like that it feels like she's and, and and in fact she wasn't even going to tell you what you did wrong they were just going to leave it at that first email yeah, if and i so, hadn't pressed right if you hadn't pressed so it feels like she was going to get away with being like i have a feeling toward austin and so i'm just going to be like you know what you're not safe spacey and i don't trust you and whatever and it was only because you demanded it that she had to explain explicate that and so she tries to list as many things she can but the truth of the matter is like pro I, I my guess is that the knee-jerk reaction was largely based on the bitch usage or just you know just yeah. generally not like or maybe just generally not liking that you are a queer person who doesn't play by the rules of her safe space yeah stuff and so she was like oh no she can't Misogyny. handle yeah she can't handle that a queer person isn't like she is or whatever and isn't wanting to follow those rules and so she is like let me construct these ways to make you into a bad person and it's like well yeah, if a female person had gotten, you know, female bodied person had gotten up there and said, Man, I was dating this girl and this bitch was a blah, blah, blah. What if it was a black woman? What if, yeah. it, you know, like there's a lot of just like, yeah, she's the gatekeeper. This yeah. one. I don't, even, I don't know if she's bi or and lesbian. she's also but telling some... me that the way in which I'm using bitch isn't reclaiming it. She's saying right. that if I use bitch that way, which for me is a reclamation of it, as someone right. who was called a little bitch as a gay boy growing mm-hmm. up, who was called a faggot in a lot of ways, like yeah. bitch being one of those ways, like a colloquial word for a faggot, right? Yeah. Using bitch in the way that I use it is my way of reclaiming it. And so you're delegitimizing my reclamation of the word. Right. You're delegitimizing my process through which I'm doing that. Because right. here's the thing you can't tell other people how they can and cannot reclaim words. Yeah. And also, you wouldn't do that with other words. If there was like a black comic that went up on stage and was using the N word, yeah, like she would af- never have said, afterwards, like, hey, this is you the way we reclaim it. You can't this. actually reclaim that word that way. If there was a queer comic that went up and said faggot, it's like you can reclaim faggot some ways. But you were doing it. No, she should have said, We don't want the word bitch on our show. And then she should have fucking told you that in the in an email. Yeah. She should have said, Please make sure. Because I've gotten those emails before from shows. We they've both seen have. my tape and they've said, Please don't uh, fetishize black people. Well, I do that all the time. Fair, you know, good note. Yeah. I won't do that. Please, hey, please can, don't use, Hey, you can say shit and ass, but please don't say bitch and fuck. That happens all the time. Don't do your incest bit. Fine. Yes, don't no do problem. your incest bit. Hey, don't bit. do the bit about fucking dead bodies. No worries. I can right. do that. I've got plenty material and so if a black person had gone on and said the n-word or a gay person had said faggot like 
even then she it, it, she would have she would have maybe written them and said hey that was really uncomfortable please don't do that on the show again or whatever maybe she would have kicked someone off but she wouldn't have said to them the way you used it you know we could reclaim the n-word but this is how she would have never said yeah. that we could reclaim the f-word You're but this is how dictating to me the way in which what? you can reclaim bitch which you don't fucking get to do and you can say on our show blank this is how we reclaim it but she said yeah. This is the truth. Like this is God's yeah. truth about how uh, the word "bitch" can be reclaimed. What? Yeah, she used "we." She used the collective "we." Though we can, yeah. We as women, okay. Mm. Yeah, yeah. And look, just an aside, also, like a theoretical aside. Not theoretical, but like I get that there is like a degree to which trans women have to unlearn toxic masculinity right like trans women have to unlearn mansplaining it's a thing that i've talked to jess a lot about there's like ways that like trans women have to re un- yeah just unlearn a lot of the shitty things that they've like <laughs> had been in like cultured to do right mm-hmm. however this isn't one of them and you're assuming that it is something that i have not unlearned is in itself transphobic mm-hmm. you're assuming that i am like playing off of like my past masculine like upbringing my past upbringing as a man mm-hmm. and that I haven't separated that or done the work to separate that. You did, you yourself didn't interrogate the reasons that I might be using language that way. And to assume the misogynistic tendency to it is where transphobia comes in. Yeah, that's yeah, that's fucking transphobic as shit. Okay, let's take a quick break and then uh, we'll come back with some more fun shit. Hey y'all, thanks for listening. Uh, If you like the podcast and want to leave us a review, please head over to Apple Podcasts and leave us a review like this one. Uh, I enjoyed the review from Creamy Pussy, five stars. It's called Oh Yeah, Just Like That. Excellent and thought-provoking content that can make anyone, no matter what your fetish is, feel a little less alone and a little turned on. Wink. Perfect. Give us more stuff like that. Yeah. Head on over to Apple Podcasts and uh, drop us a review. Thanks. Um, well, but let's get on to, so my experience. Safe spaces. Yeah. So I, so I Which they wasn't going to emailed do... me for several days after all of this correspondence. Yeah. So I, I, yeah. Cause you, you, they had told you they would email me back and email me you. separately, but I just kept waiting for that email being like, okay. And so I didn't go do Ariel ended up, what did they, cause you ended up going to do, uh, just do a just set a, a because you set. needed a JFL tape. Yeah, I was. I'm working on a tape, and so um, I was like, they then when they emailed, they were like, "Hey, uh, so we're not doing gender fluids anymore, but you know, if you want to do a set, we could, or else you could do it next month." And I was like, "Actually, if I can do it this Friday, that'd be great. I'm really working on the tape right now. Um, five minutes would be fine." Um, and I knew I would run the line by at least thirty seconds and just get my whatever, but, you know. But so I was like, fine. I'm going to get there. And, but I have a new joke, um, based on what that came out of, um, my real life, like the morning before. And then when we, you and I recorded it and it's about abortion boobs. And so I was like, well, fuck, I don't know if in it, just in case these don't make the same episode or someone's just listening in the joke, essentially the, in the, the culmination of the joke is that you can get pregnant and have an abortion and your boobs like can grow in those first six weeks, the like chemicals and, and hormones it, go off and your tits grow <coughs> and that it's actually cheaper to just yeah. get an abortion. If you want to grow up Good a cup job. size, as opposed to like get a boob job, more yeah. or less the gist and in of fact, it. In California, Planned Parenthood will do it for free if you're poor enough. <laughs> so, 
Plan, We're working that plan, angle in. Plan, working it in in a minute. Parenthood's getting, getting, getting some free boob jobs out. Um, anyway, um, so so because it, but the the story is uh, or that that joke i mean it go, it goes to a dark a pretty pretty dark place about uh, let's use abortion to get a boob job a cheap boob job and also then i talk about that i maybe am drinking the the milk meant for her dead baby fetus out of her boobs out of her nipples um and so <laughs> i was like well let me just run this by you real quick and i was like hey i have this joke but if anything it, it's very pro abortion I was like, if anything, it's almost too pro-abortion. <laughs> and she was like, oh, I'm sure it'll be fine with, with our audience, you know, whatever. I'm sure. And I was like, well, let me just run it by you. So I run it by her more or less. Also, let's just stop there and point out like a glaring fucking hypocrisy. If you're trying to create such a safe space uh-huh. and then when someone approaches you with a thing and they're saying, hey, that's part of the duo that you just kicked one half off. Yeah. And they say, hey, I think I have this bit. Let me run it by you. And you're just like, yeah. no, I trust you. What the fuck yeah, is that? Yeah, she kept that? trying to be like, I trust you. And I was like, no, let me hear me out. Hear me out. And I was like, and I think I stopped short of telling her about the dead baby fetus. But like, I was like, so it's very pro. But, and if anything, that's funny. I love how we also assume that it's a safe space. Um, at a, a queer show safe space, it's totally fine to have abortion. Well, what if some queer people in there are Christian and in and Christian in a way that's super against abortion? What if one of them is really struggling to get pregnant right now? What and, if one of them had an abortion and like don't And it's like very traumatizing. It. Yeah. And they don't, yeah. Or again, trying to get pregnant and can't. Or uh, lesbians dealing with fertility. You know, a lot of people have a, like easily that doesn't necessarily fall into a safe space but that's part of why i was testing her on it because i was like well as long as it's liberal and fucked up as long as it's exactly just like a pro-abortion joke that's fine with you because this is a safe space it's a safe space where i'm talking about sucking sucking a dead fetus's mm -hmm. milk the milk meant for a dead baby (laughs) a really that's a safe space i i mean i think that like but my true story about fucking my high school theater teacher is not and here's the thing really not that fucked up of a story well so anyway yeah she's like oh it'll be fine it'll be fine and i'm like all right cool um and it was interesting already so in the beginning of the show the improv troupe gets out there because they're all the hosts and they are just like welcoming everybody out and it's a full audience and everyone's look pretty it was gay. actually full yeah it was pretty full pretty much full dude I've, so here's the thing i've done that same show two maybe three other times really never been like a very full audience oh, both of my times have been pretty full i mean it was okay it wasn't like empty but it wasn't like oh no a packed yeah. house i've just gotten good luck i guess but it was it was pretty full last night um and uh so and it, and i think they even asked and there was one straight person in the audience it was all other, some kind of queer otherwise um, and I think the it was a one of the host's moms who was the straight person in the show. So they're welcoming everybody, and they keep saying like, "Welcome, uh, thanks for coming out." I, you know, we just really want to provide the safe space for queers. Um, it's just really important to us that you know that we, that there is a safe space for queers to come out. And and thank you so much for coming out tonight. Thank you so much. I know like for a lot, a lot of times it can be hard for queers to be in dark spaces. So thank you so much for coming out. Based on that, and yeah. it's just like. I was like, what? Also, there was none of this messaging at the top of our show either. That's funny. Nothing like that. So now she's like reiterating the safe space thing up the ass. Well, and that's and it's the particular girl who's written you the emails who's saying this stuff. This stuff yeah. that I find to be quite frankly nonsense. Queers don't like dark spaces. I mean, some dude. Uh, yeah, you, how about how about veterans yeah. don't like dark? I mean, like, and that's not a thing about queers. That's like what we love nightclubs, um, at least as much as every other fucking group. Also, what do you mean? Are you talking? She's talking literal dark spaces. Yeah, 
not metaphorical. Like, I think you don't... so because she was talking about like the darkness of the the theater, dark spaces. Okay, yeah, some people might have phobias to that, but that's not relegated just be, to queer. Yeah, it just doesn't seem like a particularly queer thing. I mean, somebody could, because of their queerness, be like, one time I was hate crimed in a dark space, or sometimes yeah, or I'm like, worried in a dark space. But that's not particular to kid, queer people. Into a tiny area. Yeah, sure. Yeah, that that, can, but that's everybody that's not a thing to. that yeah. queer people are like afraid of the dark. It it's, it felt like condescending, and I don't know. Again. I know this is like my biphobia or whatever, but I think this chick's bi. Maybe she's a lesbian, but it just feels like she's someone who's like vaguely fucking queer, could easily passes as a straight person, a long hair, right? And so it's just like the least queer person in this room is sitting there besides the guy's mom is sitting there going, I know queers are afraid of dark spaces. And it's like, what? I just feel insulted by this kind of shit. And then, so my performance uh, goes great. I fucking killed it quite frankly yeah and like in the beginning the the guy who'd been bringing me on stage uh he was like so it's ariel isaac norman which is really nice people fuck it up a lot um so the fact that he was like and i was like yeah um so he asked me because it was like different people are like bringing on each different guest so this guy was assigned to me and so he was like um you know he asked ariel isaac norman and then i told him off script and gender fluids and so when he introduces me he does this classic thing of um, uh, she, this or that. And then there's that slight pause after he says she, and then it's they, them for the rest of my introduction. And I'm like, God damn it. If you just ask me my pronouns. Yeah. Um, but like, and cause like, if you don't ask me my pronouns, I'm going to assume that you're going to assume she, her, you know, but I realize I, with anybody even kind of woke, I should just realize that they're going to assume they, them and just say it myself. But anyway, so he does that and so then afterwards it winds up being this girl from the emails and everything else the dark spaces thing who is the one who it just happens to be like saying my name again for like the one more time applause and she goes ariel norman everybody and i was like well that's funny that's funny that no one asked me my pronouns on this woke as fuck safe space show no one asked me my pronouns and then she said my name the old way so yeah, that's not on the poster that way. Feel very safe. It wasn't advertised that uh, way. Don't really feel safe when people don't fucking <laughs> yeah, fucking you know. And so then I don't really feel safe about around these fake ass woke people. Fake ass woke people. It's so this. It's just like bullshit. This is hypocritical. Okay. So then then and look, this is let's just say now this is not a indictment of wokeness in general. No, All, there's a lot yeah. of fake ass little woke bitches. Fake woke is very i mean you know they're good people doing good shit there not are, these people well i, just, I mean i don't know about the that. rest of them but i don't know but the, but we all the have one our really we but. all have our moments and i don't know what kind of person this person really is and it's not even about that but this is like just this is who she was being in this moment and we all can maybe learn to not beat this so then they do this game called bop or flop, which is a gr- the greatest waste of time I've seen on a comedy show in a while. And I see a lot of wastes of time, but the fact <laughs> of the matter is they gave me five minutes, which is very short for a stand up set. But also I heard all the improv troops being like, wait, we only get eight minutes. Like are, 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 we only do one. Okay, whatever. You know? So everyone was clearly being shorted on time. And then they get up there and do one of these things. It's just this like nonsense. No one's really laughing. It's just, they, they present a piece of pop culture on stage and then, 
everyone has to vote on whether it's a bop or flop and the other improv people have a little thing that says bop or flop but the audience and we see if people agree there's no award it's so boring there was nothing really funny about it it was just kind of like here's pop culture so at one point there's the meredith brooks song and it's just a picture of meredith brooks and it says meredith brooks bitch because that was that song that was very popular which is Uh, i'm a bitch i'm a lover i'm a child you can just sing so i wasn't gonna sing it but i needed a quick example (laughs) (laughs) um yeah uh great song so they're all kind of just riffing on it in their little improv way. That's not funny. And then the girl go, the girl from the emails and everything just kind of out of nowhere was just like, bitch, just kind of in a funny little way. But then I guess she just got in her head for a second. Cause then she goes, um, <laughs> she's like, it's okay. I can say that. I hear we're reclaiming it anyway. And I was like, I'm writing this down. <laughs> I'm writing that quote down. Oh snap. What? <laughs> motherfucker she has to have had your shit on her mind she has to have been like uh, salient of the fact that i was watching her say that and then was thus being like right yeah that was like a little but what i'm curious about is like is she saying that she was using it in the same way i was or is she saying that that this is a proper example of how you reclaim it right because here's the thing if that if the answer is number two jesus that's sad because that's fucking a horrible way to use the word like that's yeah. that's more insulting using it for bad comedy like that is more insulting to me than using it colloquially right the way she used it was like just that dumb kind of like bitch kind of way of saying something it's like no, the way that some people, I'm going to say frequently black people use the word bitch colloquially is very fun. It's very kind of like a useful way to have play. You're playing kind of games with gender. There's a, mm-hmm. uh, there's a way to talk, especially about dating and a certain component of the black community has a different kind of way of talking about men and women and dating than the most of what we'll call white community. You know, I think we can just agree to that. Anybody who knows any black people or watches any <laughs> black media can say we can just, there's some general differences and it's a fun thing. Their use of bitch is a much more fun use than anyone who's ever said bitch for any reason whatsoever. So then the last thing is that at some, they're interviewing someone else instead of gender fluids. And at some point toward the end of the interview, they were like, they got onto safe spaces, I guess. And then the girl from the email was like, yeah, it's just really important to us to like provide a safe space, especially for queers. You know, it's just like, we just really want them to have somewhere where they don't have to worry. You know, you know, sometimes, you know, maybe at other comedy shows, you just kind of have to um, worry about like what you're going to hear and if it's going to be okay. And like, so we just really, it's just really important to us. And then she goes, so like audience, is anybody here like ever like, you know, happy to come to here because you're uncomfortable at other comedy shows? Nobody raised their hand. <laughs> I wanted to laugh out loud so hard. <laughs> me and like this drag queen next to me were like, <laughs> <laughs> no, dude. Here's the thing. It's like, what queers have you been hanging out with? The, the queers that I've grew up with and know have some of the darkest, the most of twisted queer fragility. This is a real thing. But this is yeah. a real thing. This is this myth of queer fragility, and I have oh, perpetuated it because I'm annoyed at those queers, and so sometimes like I'll be like, oh, you know queers are whatever but the the fact of the matter is i have to stop doing that but we also need to stop being that 
Yeah. We need to, th- well, here's those the of you I think who are we're being not. little, I don't, but that's it. Then nobody raised their hand. So that made me go, Oh, it's not just me. Who's not a pussy ass bitch. Most queer people are probably cool. It's yeah. just that we have this reputation. So, and so this had happened at my seven o'clock show, you know, and then I was on this 11 o'clock show at the Velve, this mean boys live podcast. And you know, I was doing a set and I was already kind of like in my head and like weirdly high. So I was in a weird place already, you know, but then after my set, these three guys are getting on stage to like riff on me or play a game. Like the, uh, uh, Roxy Castillo had been on before me do it. Like she was like a dominatrix and she was punishing them when they would like bomb a joke. And, um, but they had roasted her, you know, yeah. in the beginning. So I was going, Oh shit, are they going to roast me? Like tight, you know? And I get up there, but then, like, he says something, and I was all prepared to say something funny about dicks being dirty and whatever we were talking about. Yeah. But then I, so he had introduced me as Ariel Norman. I'd gotten on stage and at the end of my set, and I was like, I'm Ariel Isaac Norman. So then he gets back on stage and is just like, Ariel Norman, one more time for Ariel Norman. And so it just, I was just like, bleh. And I, I said to him, "Oh, you know, just two things. One, uh, it's actually Ariel Isaac Norman." And then, and then he was like, "Oh my God, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry." And like, basically, the whole show now grinds to a halt. And this is my bad. I shouldn't have brought it up then. If, if I was going to bring it up at all, Were I you just on brought stage? it up later. Yeah, this is on stage. Okay. Where it's like after my set, I stay up on stage, and they get up there. Yeah, yeah. Okay, just yeah. Okay, yeah. So and maybe, th- so he just like kept apologizing, and I was like, no, no, it's fine. I was just, I was just because like because of your fan base, I just wanted them to have the right name. It was just for the record. And he was like, no, I, but I just want you to know, like I, I'm so like I would never. Like I'm bi and we're queer. It's a very, I mean, it's like a queer uh, friendly podcast. There's two straight guys, but he was like, Oh dude, you're just missing your chance. Like he could, that's where he should have just fucking ripped you new assholes. Totally. Like totally, it, they should. If you want us to be like everybody else, treat us like everybody they else. Never that's roasted a great me. opening. That's and a they, great spot. Like you little, yeah. Oh, you want us to know about your faggy little middle name? Yeah, yeah that would have been great. I would love someone to say that to me, dude. I so the I closest have, it's gotten uh, is that Ariel, uh, Ariel Avery the other day, Avery Moore the other day at Tramps was just like Ariel Isaac Norman, you little devil. But it's like it's she's like roasting with love, and like I was like just so maybe it's because of the name thing, but they never roasted me. And beforehand, we had talked about it, and I had said something about how I was like, I need to be roasted. I like, no one ever roasts me. Like, please, please roast me, you know? Yeah. And they never did. And and in fact, I, and I was, I literally, I, I don't know how I could have been more like, no, 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 I'm not upset. I just, it was just for the record, because your audience, I just want them to, for the podcast, I just want them to hear my name um, correctly. And he was like, I just would never do that. And like, he just kept, you know, and throughout the night, like when we talked about it, we had a great conversation about it afterwards and where I mostly explained, but then afterwards I was still like, the problem is that you're apologizing. Stop. And I even told him that a little bit. I was like, just, you don't have to apologize. We just move on. It just makes me feel like you, you think it makes me look like I'm this fragile, annoying little queer person. And I'm not, and I'm not. And I don't know how to convey that if you continue to apologize. And, and then even today I said to him, to him, because he was, he was the only like, Facebook message guy that I could find. I said to him, like, hey, you know, great show last night. That Your audience was really fun. Um, and then he wrote back, like, hey, thanks for doing it. And again, sorry about whatever. And I was like, just stop. Fuck. 
I, I I'm not care. that fragile. It is that is the most insulting thing, and I just am encountering these things that are making me realize that I bit like this is something I fight against by doing comedy. That's like what I'm doing on stage is being like I'm not a fucking little pussy ass bitch. Yeah. Okay, I am queer as fuck, and I am not an annoying fucking fragile little queer. And let's stop pretending that queers need fucking what safe spaces. We don't need safe spaces. Grow up. If you fucking need a safe space, grow up. Okay, I'm done. Damn, you got more fiery than I did. Okay, I'm going to just say, <laughs> I think safe spaces are I know, a bad thing. For the record, thing. I'm sure sometimes it's No, safe but space. I mean, I enjoy them, and I think, you know, I think there's a different way to think of safe spaces, right? So for me, like, we've, like, always kind of half-jokingly, but also pretty seriously called, like, the little setup we have, like where we record safe space studios. Mm -hmm. It's because it's a safe space for us. Like we create, we all individually create safe spaces for ourselves. Right. And I, and I think they're a positive thing to have, but I also think that like, they are like, just they're detrimental if that's the only type of space you can exist in. Right. If you can't fluidly <laughs> and like easily like move between right. spaces that way from safe spaces to unsafe ones, then like, I don't know. I think that's a deficit, right? right. Yeah. Cause you need those places you can go to. Like we need this well, place you're where just we talking, can say, yeah, things, this is a yeah. very, this is a very like, yeah, you can talk about, this is a safe space for us. We call it safe space studios because this is a safe space for us to exchange ideas without worry of like judgment or whatever. Cause if nothing else, we can just edit out whatever we say. Yeah. So that even the public isn't, you know, necessarily, but it, that gives us a safe space to communicate. So it's not like a, a, a like a literal safe space is a problem, but this idea where colleges are going to take space out to be like, I have to imagine that if, you know, three dozen liberal colleges created like a specific space space room for queer people to go and like meditate in or whatever the fuck that they have been empty 99% of the time. And it's just kind of an awkward, embarrassing, dumb thing, you know, like when people are making literal safe spaces like that, like, I think that that's probably it. And our reputation only suffers. You know, I hear the conservatives and the moderates complain about it all the time, the safe spaces. And so, and I know how I feel in my heart about it. And so it's like, it's not a good look. And I do think that we are coddling the young. I think that, you know, there's this thing, prepare the child for the road, not the road for the child. I think that we do have a problem of like, if you, if you conceive of yourself as like needing protection and like needing help, then you are going to fulfill that. I don't agree with that. Okay. I don't, I, I think that's a little reductive. If we're going to this level of like talking about it, like about society and shit, I think you're drawing a lot of like lines between dots instead of actually like looking at like a much larger picture. Okay. You know, um, like I don't, I, I don't think that creating safe spaces is like coddling children or anything because I don't think that like safe spaces and being honest about like the harsh truths of reality are mutually exclusive. Mm -hmm. So you can have a safe space, but like talked very fucking directly to children and to the general public. Right. Mm -hmm. But I think the problem is, is that like we live in this. Okay. So this is theoretical. We live in a West in the Western society in the Western society is like just like the thought, the way we think about and process information in the world is very definitional, very literal. We've carved things up to where even though we would like to see like a spectrum of things, we see things still pretty black and white, still Mm -hmm. pretty 
bipolar, uh, right? And so I don't think people can like delineate like safe space from anything but a protection from and an exclusion from instead of like a safe safe but real and honest space, right? Mm-hmm. There's a there's a sense of delusion about safe spaces and like what they are and could be instead of thinking about it like practically, right? Like mm-hmm. like if they wanted that show to be a safe space, I technically could have told both of those stories in like a funny like upbeat like way. Mm-hmm. Right? And you like mean, done it like like if you like they don't want to have to give trigger warnings out and that's fine. I could have just not done that. But the one about like, you know, the hookup that went bad, I could yeah. tell that story that's and make it rated PG thirteen. Yeah. It's not hard to do. I can make it very safe spacey, right? Right. And it wouldn't set and I could do it without sacrificing like the quality of the story. Yeah. But the, I wasn't given that opportunity. But I'm, and I'm just saying, like, I don't think we should say that safe spaces are coddling society because it like keeps them away from some things. Because I could have conveyed the same thing with the same intensity in a safe space way as I could in the way I did, which is they have decidedly said is not safe spacey, right? Mm-hmm. And so I, I, I don't know. I just don't well, think. I mean, but again, I, I just don't think you can call a thing like you're blaming a lot of like what's happening to children in society on like this creation of safe spaces, which I think is like super no, simplistic. I just mean, I just mean the safe space thing is more like just a sort of are like related to or like symptomatic Wait. of an underlying problem where we are trying to make life easier and easier on ourselves and our children just in general. Like as the human race becomes more prosperous, we have this impulse to be like, let's just make things easier and easier. But then we kind of lose I don't think safe spaces make things easier necessarily. It's well, again, a difficulty. That's like it's like like I'm saying it's related to. I just think the impulse for like um, safe, 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 protect, protect, protect. Like I said, that's just that's just one part of it. And sometimes I agree. Some some things that you could call a safe space are clearly a good thing. Or you can say it's a it's a safe space if you're at church from the idea that you're going to hear a bunch of curse words and um, fuck talk or yeah, whatever. But, but I'm, like, but I'm, th- but I think, you know, what I'm saying is people don't have the ability to differentiate those things. Right. I think both are technically safe spaces, but like queers, safe spaces get a bad rap because right. of the like really shitty ones right. as opposed to the ones that like actually are pragmatic and benefit people right. and like give us a sense. Yeah. Well, we need to change the way that we are like talking about safe spaces in culture then to encompass these sorts of things that we're talking about, like what we actually call a safe space between us here, or like it's a safe space at a, at a PG movie that you're, you know, not going to hear certain things or see certain things, whatever. Um, because all it is now is just associated with queer fragility. And that's, you know, something that I want to fight that idea of. Mm hmm. Um, and so it's just not a good look anymore. And it's like, I'm, you could be right that safe spaces are a good thing, but I do think that once we, like when we, when in environmentalism, you know, used to be called like saving the earth, we finally realized like, Oh, people are self-interested. Don't call it saving the earth. Like we have to talk about, you know, resources are, are mm-hmm. running out and are the, the climate's going to get fucked up or whatever. Um, we have to talk about things in a way that, is going to appeal safe space isn't marketable it's not marketable it's so faggy it's alliterative yeah okay it's something only a fucking gay person would have come up with you know and why gay i mean it in the bad way yeah (laughs) (laughs) and so that's what i'm saying it's not that like having a safe space in general is a problem (laughs) it's just that it's been shoved down people's throats in a way that they're not liking so let's just rebrand 
This has been another NPR production out of Safe Space Studios. We're broadcasting on 66.6 FM. That's KFUX. Peace. I'm Janish Meeting, a native writer and comedian, and I'm thrilled to announce that my podcast, Woman of Size, has found a permanent home on the Hoo-Ha-Ha Network. On Woman of Size, I talk to artists, writers, activists, and thinkers about their big-ass lives, their big-ass experiences, and their big asses. Woman of Size is plus size, Latina, flawed, curvy, curvy, thick, clean, queer, fat, black, disabled. So come take up space and subscribe to Woman of Size on Apple Podcasts or wherever you like to listen. Be big, baby. This has been a Hoo Ha Ha Podcast.